listening to the official podcast of the Mission Redlands. We are a growing community living out God's radical love. Well, man, I, I, I want to say how, how good y'all look this morning. Man, you are looking fine. Right? Like, man, this is a good looking crew. So, man, I'm so glad you're here this morning. We have such, such a a special treat for you guys this morning. Um, uh, My new friend, Kevin, I told him when we were talking upstairs, we might be soulmates. I don't know. Sorry, Kim. Um, But, uh, but, um, but yeah, so I just met Kevin on Wednesday, but he's a really good friend of, of, um, of my church planning coach, Dave Gilmore, who was here and spoke when I got installed as pastor here. And he's, he's a great supporter of the mission. He's one of those behind the scenes guys that you will never see, but we lean on him heavily, heavily for this church and decision-making and stuff like that. And so he's a great guy and he has nothing but amazing things to say about Kevin. And just from the short time that I've known Kevin, I can, I can echo that. So um, Kevin is, is here. Uh, he, he's in the middle of pioneering this new movement, this new ministry called a chosen generation. And I, I'm going to let him tell you more about that, but I, I just, can we give a big warm mission? Welcome to Kevin. Pringle. Thanks brother. Yeah. Oh man. Oh, Good morning. How y'all doing? Good, good. That was awesome. Praise and worship. Man, oh man, I get an opportunity to travel the country. I'll be honest with you. It's the best praise and worship I've heard in six months. Man, oh man. This is. Yeah. A little man was up here. He was getting it, man. It was was awesome. I hated to see him go. Oh my goodness. You know, it's funny. I, um, I just thought it was church people, but I realized I was at a meeting on Wednesday with a room full of pastors and leaders of our denomination. And uh, um, it's so funny because no matter what church you go to, everybody always fills up from the back. Nobody ever wants to sit in the front. I don't, I don't know. I, you know, I used to be offended by that, you know, because I thought, you know, I spit a lot when I talk, you know, so this is the spit zone. Um, <laughs> But, yes, but it's anointed spit, so it's, it's, a, it's Holy Ghost spit. There you go. Oh, man. It, it's funny, but actually, I, I've come to realize something. Part of the reason I think churches don't fill up from the front um, is because we're bored. Ooh. See, I think we've gotten so caught up in routine that we... We gather around sermons instead of gathering around the presence of God. And I really believe if we understood that the presence of God was active and alive and showing up, man, you'd have to fight to get in here and fight to get a front row seat. But I, that's not my message. <laughs> oh, man. I, I get in trouble when I say stuff like that, but uh, I don't really care because... <laughs> I get to preach in a church and then leave <laughs> and then laugh at the pastor. I'm, not, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, let's pray. I want to thank you, Jesus, for your presence. And we surrender to it. We surrender to you, your personality. We surrender to your nature. We surrender to your character. We surrender and yield to your power. We know that you want to be on display. And so, Father, we're here for that. We recognize that we didn't invite you. You invited us. You are omnipotent. You are omnipresent. You are all-knowing and omniscient, Lord. And so, Father, what do we have to offer you other than to offer you our praise and our thanks? To offer you our submission so that you can be God. Thank you that you are so good at being God. 
You don't require any of that of us, nor do you need our help to be the God that you are. So, Lord, what you planned on doing here this morning in the midst of your people that you love, let us, Lord, provide room for that. In Jesus' name, amen. As uh, Pastor Jason mentioned, I, uh, I get an opportunity to travel out. We, started, we launched a ministry called A Chosen Generation uh, several months ago. A Chosen Generation was a name of a ministry. Actually, God had given me that over 20 years ago. And I won't go into that story. You can talk to me later or find me on Facebook. Anyway, um, the, uh, the Lord had always placed on my heart that I, I just really believe that we need to really capture the youth of our nation. I really believe that uh, if we don't, then we're not just missing something. We're just being disobedient. And I remember sitting in a, when I was in high school, I remember sitting in a banquet, at a football banquet, and a coach came up, and he, he, the first thing he said to us, he said, young men, you are the future. And I remember thinking that, man, that's, that's pretty cool. We're the future. I mean, that's, that's pretty heavy, don't you think? And what a responsibility, but it's, it's kind of, it's like, awesome, I'm the future. Wow, what am I going to do? But the question is, that came was, well, when is that? When's the future? I'm still waiting for it. <laughs> I graduated high school 30 years ago. I'm only 29. But anyway, um, when is that? And so statements like that leave us to procrastinate. It doesn't really offer us this opportunity to move forward right now. You see, kids aren't the future. They're now. They're right now. And we need to empower them, and, and we need to encourage them to live out what we know about the kingdom of God so that the kingdom of God can advance for those who are lost and don't know Jesus. And they are far more influential than I'll ever be. My kids, I, I'm, I'm, I mean... Was, there was a time, I have four kids, there was a time when, you know, I was recognized when they were around. Now I'm just their dad. You know what I mean? Yeah. Are you Kevin's kids? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When they were little, like, yeah. Now it's like, are, are you Tate's dad? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so what they do matters. They have influence, and they know all the stuff. You see, it's funny, I remember the first time when I first formed a Facebook profile. I was so excited. I remember trying to befriend my kids, and as soon as I did that, they got off Facebook. <laughs> and they figured out something else. And what they did was far-reaching. Now, imagine if we just capture their hearts and we pour into them the Spirit of God and allow them to exercise that. Imagine the influence that they'll have. Imagine the change that will occur in our world. It's pretty exciting when you think about that. So that's a chosen generation. What we want to do, we want young people to understand why they were created. We want them to understand their identity in Christ. And, and thirdly, we want every individual that we meet and, and minister to, to be able to unveil the dream that's inside of them. Every single one of us has been given a dream. And our dreams that we have are God's invitation for us to see the world through his eyes. And every single one of us has that. And we'll get to more of that in a second. But, man, I'm excited. Um, James asked me earlier, he said, do you have a, a file or a video or, you know, a script? Or I, no, I don't, do, I don't usually do stuff like that because... Everything I do, I, I, people, it's funny because there's a lot of people who are far more organized than me, like my wife, and she always wants me to have a plan. I'm like, who needs a plan? <laughs> yeah, God has one. Let's just do what he's doing. And so I don't ever do that because I know it's always subject to change. And I'm telling you, my scripture changed four times this morning. <laughs> All right. But we're going we're gonna to try to find one. It's in John chapter 5. 
I believe is what the Lord is laying on our heart. In John chapter 5, actually... What's your name in the black with the glasses? Why are you looking around? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Chelsea, come up here for a second. Do you mind? All right. Well, <laughs> she did before I called her out. <laughs> All right. Come on up. Don't be shy. I'm, I'm not going to bite you. I don't do that anymore. <laughs> come up here. Grab that microphone. You don't mind? Yeah, that one. Is it on? Okay, sweet. You can read, right? I'm not trying to insult you. You can. I mean, you're good at it, right? Okay, all right. All right. This one we're going to have you do. You're going to read John chapter 5. You're going to read from there to there, okay? Is that all right? Okay. All right. Sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. Now there is in Jerusalem near the Sheep Gate a pool, which in Aramaic is called Bethesda. Sure. (laughs) Um, They don't know either, so you can say whatever you want to. (laughs) And which is surrounded by five covered Colonnades. Colonnades. Here a great number of disabled people used to lie the blind, the lame, and the paralyzed. One who was there had been uh, an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I am trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. Then Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your mat and walk. At once the man was cured and he picked up his mat and walked. The day on which this took place um, was a Sabbath, Sabbath. And so the Jewish leaders said to the man who had been healed, it is a Sabbath, the law forbids you to carry your mat. But he replied, The man who made me well said to me, pick up your mat and walk. So they asked him, who is the fellow who told you to pick up the mat and walk? The man uh, was healed, had no idea who it was, for Jesus had slipped away into the crowd that was there. Later, Jesus found at the temple and said to him, see, you are well again. Stop sinning or else or something worse may happen to you. The man went away and told the Jewish leaders uh, that it was Jesus who had made him well. Awesome. (laughs) You're awesome. Thank you so much. (laughs) She's running back to her seat. She slowly walked up here. Hopefully I was was gonna change my mind, I think. But she ran back, you know what I'm saying? Anyway, that was awesome. Chelsea, you are amazing. All right. (laughs) What a great church, man. This is awesome. I love this. I might stay here all day. (laughs) That means you will too. No, I'm just kidding. I just... (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, I I grew up in a predominantly black denomination. And uh, they didn't know when to stop. (laughs) (laughs) they would they would i think they had somebody counting the amens and they once you reach a certain number then they would finish the service so (laughs) that's one when they got 39 to go anyway um no, this is, uh, there's, I'm, thanks for reading that. I appreciate that. Um, part of the reason why I have people come up and read is, um, one, because that person's probably going to pay attention to what they read. Instead of me reading, it's like, uh, whatever, what do he say? Um, but now, your attention was drawn to, to Chelsea 
and you're praying for that she get those words. <laughs> and so you're paying attention. That's what happens. Most about, about 15% of what somebody presents to you, you retain. And so the more it gets repeated, the more you retain. Does that make sense? So that's part of the reason why I did. But also, I like picking on people. <laughs> but I, I do love you. This is, this is incredible. Is there anything, as we read uh, and, and you heard this, was there anything that jumped out to you as you read those scriptures? You don't have to answer. Um, but a couple of things that jump out to me was that Jesus asked a question, do you want to get well? That's a transcendent question. He's asking you and I the same question. How many of you are in need of a breakthrough right now? Amen. How many of you have been praying for one and you're still waiting for God to show up on that? How many of you are getting frustrated God ain't answering you? Yes. I'm telling you, your breakthrough's coming. And that's just not me as a pastor or preacher saying that. I'm saying that because I heard God say it. It's coming. It's at the very threshold. And I believe, strongly believe, because he showed this to me as well, that there's a season of abundance coming to the body of Christ. A season of blessing coming to the body of Christ. And the reason why it's coming is because there's a non-believing world that needs to look and see because they want you, the world wants you, and I, when I say the word, I mean there's an enemy out there that wants you to strive for things the same way the world does. But God doesn't want you to do that. He wants you to trust in him and rely on him for your provision. And so when you rely on him and provision comes, the world is going to look and say, how are you doing that? And you can just simply say, I'm doing that because I'm trusting in the Lord. Well, see, in America, none of that made sense for a se several decades. You work hard, you play hard, you do whatever, and then you get stuff. Well, God is saying something new and something different in our time. He's saying, wait on me, trust in me, and watch how I provide, and watch how I move within the body of Christ, because I am coming back. Amen? Amen? Yeah. Amen. Sometimes I wish it was yesterday. But there's still so much to do. There's still so much that we, as followers of Jesus Christ, have to offer the world that we get to. Amen? So awesome. So he asked this man, do you want to get well? Now that seems like a normal question, right? I mean, what's your answer? If you are sick for 38 years, unable to move, what's your answer going to be? Yes, but see, I know for a fact there's people in here that, been, that you've just been holding on to pain and ailments or, or, or some sort of emotional burden for far longer than you need to. That's why you're praying for breakthrough. See, the Spirit of God provoked you to pray for that. It wasn't just you got desperate. It was the Spirit of God that allowed you to be desperate to let you know I can, that you need, and you must rely on God. What a scenario. Jesus happens to show up on this particular day. You ever have those moments where it just seems, wow, that was coincidence. <laughs> 38 years this man sat at the pool of Bethesda. kind of wanting to get in because don't you know after a while your ailment becomes your identity and so the question is an honest question do you want to get well and what does he say he doesn't say well, yes i've been waiting for you for 38 years to do this for me i've been waiting for this what does he say he says sir i don't have anybody to put me in what wait a minute you've been here for 38 years you didn't figure this out yet? I'm telling you, after 38 years, I would have figured out how to be first. Matter of fact, I don't even know if I would have gotten out of the water. You know what I'm saying? Especially some little punk kid that was a little sicker than me or maybe not as sick. I'm like, you better get back. I'm getting in. You know? So instead of saying yes, he comes up with an excuse. 
I don't have anybody to put me in. Really? You couldn't ask anybody that was here? Here's the remarkable thing. And see, we always want to pre-qualify how we minister to people. <laughs> we get an answer like that. we like, oh, okay, well, when you're ready, I'll come back or you come back. Jesus has a different response. He tells him, take up your mat and walk. He doesn't even require for him to get in the water. You're whole. You know why he's made whole? Because Jesus said it. And when he speaks, it's truth. It's getting gooder. So he picks up his mat, he walks. See, that's remarkable. And the chapter could have ended there. I'm like, well, that's sweet. Let's move on to chapter 6. Well, something happens. There's a response from the religious people. They get mad because he's walking around with his mat on the Sabbath day. Now, I'm sure at least one of those religious people saw this man in the 38 years that he was at the Pool of Bethesda. I'm sure they knew who he was. I'm sure they knew that he was ailing. But instead of rejoicing that he was walking, they're criticizing the fact that he's doing it on a Sabbath day. That's the religious mindset. The religious mindset always wants to control. It always wants to be in charge of how things move forward. Instead of trusting in the presence and spirit of God to do things, they're not questioning that. They're not saying, to, man, God must have showed up in this man's life. Instead, they're saying, why are you carrying your mask? Why are you doing something illegal? Because we're in charge. He says, well, this man, and I like how evasive he is, this man told me to do it. Yeah. <laughs> well, who was he? I don't know. Sound like one of my kids. <laughs> I don't know that. When he finds him, he meets him, and, uh, and Jesus said, warns him, he said, uh, as Chelsea so eloquently read, see you're well again. Stop sinning or something worse may happen to you. Now, there's a lot of implications that are there. He's, first of all, he said, you're well again. So there must have, must have been a time where he was doing okay. And it seems that there's an implication here that somehow there was sin involved with his ailment. And of course, that's not the case for everybody. And even if it was this man's situation that he had sin on him is the reason why he was an invalid for 38 years. The remarkable thing is Jesus doesn't look at him and say, okay, as soon as you repent, I'll heal you. As soon as you ask for forgiveness... You'll be able to take up your mat. No, he doesn't require any of that of him. He says to him, take up your mat and walk. There's no prequalification. How awesome is that? But some of us have been holding on to burdens for far too long that you no longer need to carry or should be carrying and should have been done with a long time ago. But you have a feeling, folks, today is the day of deliverance for you. Today is the day of salvation for you. Are you excited about that? Amen. Well, the Pharisees finally catch up. We didn't read this part. The Pharisees finally catch up with Jesus, and he says this, and this is the part I love. It is in verse 19, John 5, 19. He says, very truly I tell you, the Son can do nothing by himself. He can, only, he can do only what he sees his Father doing. Because of whatever the father does, the son also does. You know how powerful that is? I have good news for you. I've been in ministry for 25 years. And Jesus has been, for 25 years, a perpetual mystery to me. You know what I mean? I mean, I love him. I appreciate him. I watch the stuff he does. Him walking on water, that's that's a pretty sweet thing. The walk on a water thing, I dig that one. And so it's like, but my excuse was, man, Jesus walked on water. That is awesome. And it, you can reconcile it because it's like, well, he's Jesus. Of course he did. Jesus fed 5,000 people. Of course, because he's Jesus. But then he makes a statement like this. I can only do what I see my father doing. 
What the heck does that mean? You're Jesus. This is what it means. When Jesus came as a man, he came fully as a man. He chose to limit his power as the second person of the Trinity. Are you following me so far? He chose to limit that. He was only going to exercise that when his father put a stamp on it. He wasn't walking on water just to walk on water and say, I'm Jesus, I can walk on water. Look at me. That's why he doesn't give me that kind of power because I know I would have done it. You know what I'm saying? Actually, I tried to do it once. I was working at a camp in, in Michigan, and uh, I was, uh, somebody said, whoop, whoop. did somebody whoop Michigan? All right, go blue. Come on. Are you from Michigan? All right, all right. Okay, that, that works too. Anyway, so, you, did you get lost? Anyway, so, so, so I was working at this camp in Michigan, and I was working with this girl who told me she was an atheist. She knew I was a Christian. So every single day she tried to provoke me. And every day I would, I would, uh, I would go home, I'd get a scripture, and I'm like, bam, I got you now. And she's like, hmm. So after about a week, she said, whatever. She said, by the way, I don't believe in the Bible. Crap. Well, that kind of loses my arguments here. But as I'm studying, it just got me in the Word, got me in the Word, got me in the Word. And I came across that moment where Jesus walks on water, and then he invites Peter out. You know what I'm saying? You know that story? Is this thing on? Anyway. <laughs> he, wa- he invites Peter out of the boat, and Peter walks on water too. Isn't that pretty sweet? Peter walked on water. And I'm like, wait a minute. A human walked on water. There's a lake at the camp. <laughs> now, this is a real thought, and this actually happened. So I'm like, wow, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to ask God to have me walk on water. <laughs> I know it sounds ridiculous, doesn't it? But this girl will believe. Imagine this. Imagine me standing out on a lake, <laughs> freaking out every single kid that's there. <laughs> I, you know, I was real faithful. I put my swimming suit on. Anyway, just, just in case. So, and, and here's the thing. I, I never, the whole summer, I never swam at the camp because brothers don't do lakes. Saying, you know, if I can't see the bottom, I'm not getting in it. Right? You see? Yeah. I got some amens right there. So I show up at this, I'm showing up, and every, every single day, Kevin, you going to go swimming today? No, leave me alone. Give me your lunch. <laughs> so it's the last, second and the last day of camp, and I said, okay, I came across the scripture. I'm like, Lord, you set this up perfectly. I didn't have to swim all summer, and now you gave me the scripture, the second to last day of camp, and now what, what a culmination. What a crescendo for camp. Me walking on water the second to the last day. Thanks for giving me the scripture now. And so I went up to the staff cabin. I got changed. I started walking down towards the lake, and all of a sudden, uh, the word beat me down to my feet. Because kids saw me in my swimming suit. They're like, Kevin's going swimming. So they started running, yelling, and the whole camp was at the lake on the shore. Kevin's going swimming. So I'm standing on the dock. I'm like, I'm not swimming. I'm walking. So I'm praying. Thank you, Jesus, for the ability to walk on water like Peter. I take the step of faith in your name. How many of you wish this word really worked out well? (laughs) I take the first step, and I'm telling you, it was kerplung. (laughs) And these little kids are like, what was that? (laughs) Shut up. So I ran back up. I walked back up to the staff cabin, and this girl, her name was Rachel. She follows me up. She said, what are you doing? Nothing. I'm embarrassed. She said, I thought you were swimming. No. Why'd you put your swimming suit on? No, no reason. So she finally gets it out of me. I said, okay, here's what happened. I was reading the Bible that you don't believe in. 
And I told her what happened, and she paused. She looked at me. I thought she was going to laugh at me. She said, you did that for me? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) She said, wow, you did all that just to prove to me that there's a God? Mm Mm-hmm. I said, oh, wow. And she didn't say anything to me the rest of that day or the next. Camp ended. We went to our various colleges. And this was the day before emails. And she writes me a letter. It's about six weeks into the semester. And she said, Kevin, ever since that day, I've been thinking about what you did for me. And I haven't been able to get it out of my mind. She said, this morning I went out. And I was listening to the birds, and I was looking at the sky, and I realized there has to be a God. But because of what you did, you provoked me to think like that. So I thank you for that. See, sometimes you just have to be willing to look ridiculous (laughs) and take a risk for the sake of the kingdom of God, right? See, far too often, we as Christians, we play it safe. And we, even when we pray, we pray safe prayers so we don't look stupid <laughs> and so we can let God off the hook. But God wants us to go after bold things. Jesus didn't wait, and I believe Jesus showed up at the pool of Bethesda where all the sick people were because he was planning on healing somebody that day. I believe he was probably planning on healing all of them. He walks there, and then this is what it says in verse 19. As I said, he said, I can only do what I see my father doing. I believe probably what happened is the father highlights this this man that had been there for 38 years and says, that's the one. Heal him today. And when the Pharisees come along, he says, I can only do what I see my father doing. And so he chose to come as a man, limit his power, and the reason why he did that was to demonstrate to you and I what life could be like if we listened to the father. What our lives could be like if we listen and have fellowship with the Father. When we listen and have fellowship with the, with the Father, the boundaries that we set up for ourselves begin to move out. And we get to go to places that we never thought we would go. We get to say things we never thought we would say and do things we never thought we would do just because we're listening to what the Father has to say. Amen? With that in mind, uh, there, uh, every time I, I go to speak somewhere, I'll show up and I'll pray, God, is there anybody here that you want to speak to? And oftentimes he'll give me names or a name or whatever. And one time I was in Colorado when I was praying, and, and he, he said, I, I thought I heard, Curie. And I'm like, okay, now I'm making stuff up. <laughs> you ever think you hear God, but you don't like, you, like, you second guess it? You know what I mean? So I hear the name Curie, and I'm like, that's not even a name. Just making stuff up. So I get up, I preach, and I get done, and this girl comes over to me, and I said, hey, what's your name? She said, Curie. I said, shut up. She said, yeah, I'm sorry. She's a little white girl, you know, she's scared. I can change it, big black man. (laughs) But God gave me a word for it. And so I did the same thing this morning. And I don't know. I I just like taking these risks. And I I don't know. I mean, uh, let me see if this applies to anybody. Um, I know there's somebody here named Alex. I met Alex. Is there anybody else here named Alex? Anybody else? Okay, here's what he, tell me if this makes sense. All I heard was he, God sees you as his friend. Does that make sense to you? Amen. And your call is bigger than what you thought. Does that make sense to you? Do you have a passion for youth, by the way? No? All right. Okay. I believe God's going to give you one. And you're going to have an impact on the generation behind you. All right. That's your sign? Are you serious? Have you, have you been praying for him? Come on. All right. What's your name? Didn't I just ask, is anybody else here named Alex? 
Do you have a passion for youth? No, no. That's your son, man. No, I'm just gonna, <laughs> just, all right. Sorry, we got, okay, Alex. All right, all right. Can I, can I try another one? Is that okay? It, it, is there Kim here? Anybody named Kim? You're Kim. Oh, this is, you're like, oh. All right. Tell me if this makes sense. You are a delight to the Lord. He not only sees your heart, he sees your pain. Hebrews 4, 7 is being declared over you and for you. Salvation has come for you, and it's today. 2 Corinthians 6, 2. All right. Do you know what any of those scriptures mean? Okay. All right. Can somebody real quick get Hebrews 4, 7? Do you know what it says? Hebrews 4, 7. Anybody? Hebrews 4, 7. This is, I was like, I got you. go ahead. What does it say? Again, he appoints a certain day. Today, same as from David, so long after him in the words already quoted. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. Does that make sense to you? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> you meddling, pastor. <laughs> That's what we used to say to we, you meddling. <laughs> um, am I meddling? All right, 2 Corinthians 6, 2. You got that one? Yeah. For he says, in a favorable time, I listened to you, and in a day of salvation, I have helped you. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Is it, I, I might be off on these. Is anybody here named Kylie? Or Noah Kylie? All right, that might be for later. Here's what happens often. You'll give me a name, and like, this one, I was speaking at a camp once, and he gave me the name Rachel. And there's like 300 kids in this room. I said, anybody here named Rachel? And nobody stood up. I'm like, seriously? There's a bunch of white kids in here. Name, nobody's named Rachel. <laughs> and the very, the, <laughs> the very next day, I was at a coffee shop, and I walked up, and the woman uh, that was at the counter had a name tag, and it said Rachel. And... And the, the word was real specific, and I gave it to her, and she just starts bawling at the cash register. And she said, can I give you a hug? I said, you sure can, sweetheart. So it was, it was awesome. So, all right, so that's all right. Is there anybody here named Lucinda? I know that's kind of weird. That was pretty specific. Anybody know a Lucinda? Again, that might be for later then, too. You know a Lucinda? Who's Lucinda? A friend of yours? Okay. Um... This is what I heard. You shine brightly in the heavens. Those that are lost will, will find their way through the light that comes from you. Does that make any sense? Okay. Does that connect at all? Really? Praise God. Isn't that awesome? Isn't it cool? You guys don't care. Bring it. Right. Amen. Well, do you mind coming up here? I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I don't mean to put you on the spot. Yes, I do. Uh, <laughs> man, you're awesome. Thanks. You're, <laughs> dang. It, that's your husband? Yep. Dang. Good job, bro. Yep. Dang. Man, he must, he must have a nice rap to get somebody like you. I'm just, I just, I just kidding. I, I'm just kidding. Anyway, are you having pain in your body at all? Yeah. You are? Yeah. Where? My arms. Both of them? Mm-hmm. Okay. Can I pray for you? Yeah. All right. Awesome. Can I have your husband come up here as well? You don't mind? Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> Actually, can you just hold your arms out real quick. And brother, just touch your arms. <laughs> All right. Uh, okay. So, are you in pain right now? Not too much. Okay. What level would you say? Like a two. Two? Okay. That's cool. All Yesterday right. Yesterday was like a six. Really? Okay. Do you have carpal tunnel? Um, tendon issues. Okay. All right. Thank you, Lord, for the display of your love and your joy over Kim right now. And in the name of Jesus, I command all pain to go. I command tendons to be healed, restructured, regenerated, 
and all healing to come to her arms and her body right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Check it out to see if he's feeling better. Is it, what's it now? Is it gone or is it down to a one? One. Come on. See, y'all don't care. <laughs> Seriously? Isn't that awesome? Yeah. We're going to pray again. We're going to give you some more, okay? Just say this. Jesus, give me more. Jesus, give me more. Come on. All right. All right. Okay. All right. Go ahead, brother. Touch your arms. Y'all pray with us, all right? In the name of Jesus, all healing come to Kim's arms now. I command all pain to go. Healing come now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Check it out. How's that? Any better? Come on. Amen. Yes. Hallelujah. Amen. How awesome is that? Come on. Man, he loves you so much. He loves you so much. Don't, don't think that he's forsaking you. He's with you. And I just want to speak over you guys right now. There's a new dimension, a new plan that God is unfolding before you. Um, the enemy has tried to back you off. And he has been throwing chaos in your life. He was trying to push you back, but the Lord is moving you forward. It was testing for you, but the time of testing is coming to an end. And so just trust what the Lord is doing and remain faithful to what you've been called to. Remain faithful. I need to say that again. Remain faithful to what you've been called to and allow the Lord to order your steps. God bless you. Amen. Amen. Oh man. Wow. Oh. This is this is good stuff. Thank you guys for indulging me in that. Anybody else having any pain in their body? If you're having pain in your body, just go ahead and stand up real quick. All right. Cody, man. All right, okay. Who, who's having back pain? Okay, all right. So, okay, I just asked if you have a pain in your body, and you're still sitting down. All right, okay. Who's having back pain? Okay, what, what's going on with you? Your wrist, okay. What about you guys right there? Back? Sciatic nerve, okay, all right. Hey, if you're standing, if you're sitting next to somebody standing up, just go stand by them real quick, if you guys don't mind. I want to make sure everybody that's standing up has somebody praying over them. So make, make your way to them. Come on up. All right. Chelsea, come up here. <laughs> He's like, she's like, dang it. <laughs> Who, who's, who's with you? Julia. Is this your sister? All right. Julia, you're beautiful. Come on up here. Um, what's your name? Valerie. Valerie needs somebody to pray for her. These, uh, what's your guys' name? Le- Nyresha and Charmaine. Okay. Make sure some, you, one, one of you guys put your hands on Valerie and the other one put your hands on the other two. There. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. So does everybody have somebody praying for them? Okay. Sweet. All right, so if you're, if you're having back pain or wrist pain, just ask, the, if, you're, if you're praying, just ask if it's okay to touch them in their back, all right? Because, I mean, we don't want to be intrusive, all right? And just identify where the pain is and just ask, is, is it okay? Okay, okay, all right, super. So one of you guys are praying, but both of you, all of you are touching. Does that make any sense? Okay, so put, go ahead and put your hand there where the pain is, and just simply say this, in the name of Jesus, pain go, healing come, in Jesus' name.
Anyway, okay, go ahead, check yourself out. See if any improvement at all in anybody. Anybody get any improvement at all? If you got improvement, just raise your hand real quick. Come on. Come on. Yeah, and you weren't going to stand up. All right. All right. You got improvement? Right. Awesome. How many of you, your pain completely went away? Anybody? Really? Come on. Is that right? That is so awesome. Awesome. Um, the rest of you, did you experience a difference? I'm, I'm still okay, all right. We're going to get you. Okay, all right. Okay. Um, if your pain is gone, go ahead and sit down. If your pain went away, go ahead and sit down. But for those of you who are still experiencing pain, we're going to pray for you. We're going to give you another shot. All right? Okay. You guys ready? You guys, you don't. Actually, you guys are good. I mean, so turn in and pray for Norisha now because you guys got an anointing on you. All right. All right. Yeah, right here. Okay. I'm sorry, Jason, they're never coming back to your church. So, all right. all right. Okay. Put your hand there again. All right. And just say this. In the name of Jesus. Back pain go. All pain go in the name of Jesus. And be healed in Jesus' name. All right. Check yourself out. See if that's any... You notice any difference at all? Yes? Who noticed a difference in their back? Really? It's about the same, you said? You can feel a difference. Okay. You you feel a difference? Sometimes what people will feel is like heat or cool. Anybody feel that? You're feeling heat? No, I've been feeling heat for the last few days. Oh, okay. The flare is a little bit. Seriously? All right. This is awesome. All right. How's sciatica going, man? Come on. All right. All right. All right. How you doing, Cody? Come Come on. All right. So if you're still experiencing back pain, we're going to do one more thing, okay? All right. If you're still experiencing back pain, sit on a chair and put your butt all the way back to the back of the chair. Go ahead and do that. If If you're still having back pain, sit down. Push your butt all the way to the back, and give yourself room so you can kick out your leg. So, you, do you what's your name? I'm sorry, Melody. Oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> do you mind? Actually, I won't have you do that. Do you mind grabbing his feet and see if just see if his legs are the same size, same length? I mean, put your heels together. Yep, absolutely. That's all right. Okay, I'm gonna show you. All right. Let's see. All right. Can you straighten out your knees? Not a whole lot, but yeah, this, that's where it stopped. Oh, seriously? Yeah, it's because I, like him, I have sciatic pain okay. all the way down to my leg. Okay. Check, check everybody else out. See if they're, put your heels together and point your toes out like that and see if your, your, your heels connect and they're the same length. Are they? Somebody might have to hold them up for you. Are they same length? Does that hurt? Are they same length over here? Are they same length? Yes. Are you sure? Don't you don't know. <laughs> That's what, I don't know. <laughs> this, this one's a little shorter. <laughs> All right. There's a little bit of difference. Okay. Where do you feel your pain on your right side? Lower and the right side. Okay. All right. In the name of Jesus, left leg grow. Grow, grow, grow. <laughs> you notice that? <laughs> yeah. All right. How's your leg feel? Stand up and check it out again. In the name of Jesus, leg grow. Leg grow in the name of Jesus. All right. Straighten out. Bring it up here. In the name of Jesus, I command knees to straighten out and back pain and sciatica to go. Look, at he just loosened up a little bit. Wow. Wow. How's that? <laughs> Come on. Come on. Come on. Hold his leg right there. All right. Just pray this in the name of Jesus. 
leg straighten out. In the name of Jesus, we command sciatica to go. We command you to obey now in the name of Jesus. And we command pain to be dismissed and we chase you away through the blood of Jesus. Amen. Now check yourself out. How are you feeling? But how are you doing? Better? Come on. Come on. Stand up for a second. All right. Can you touch your toes? Tell me where it hurts when it starts hurting. Okay. Put your hand on his back. Stay right there. <laughs> okay. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, back be healed. Sciatica, obey. This is not your body, but this body has been bought and paid for, but through the blood of Jesus. And he belongs to the Lord Jesus Christ. So be healed now in the name of Jesus. Amen. All pain go. Straight out. How you doing? Come on. All right. Does that normally happen? Does you, do you normally feel better throughout the day or is it? Come on. Come on. Hallelujah. Oh man. Here's the reason why I had you guys praying. In Luke chapter 10, Jesus sent out 72. In Luke chapter 8, he sends out the 12. Okay? Now, Jesus does not want you to be spectators. Okay? He did not call you to be a spectator. The 12, we can rationalize and say, oh, they were apostles. We know their names. And they went out and they healed people. They raised the dead. They, you know, they, they, they uh, cast out demons. But th we can't reconcile in our own heads. Why did he send out 70, 72? Because we don't know their names and we don't know their faces. He sent them out and he gave them the same commission that he gave the 12. You know why we don't know their names? Because you and I can fit into that. If Jesus kept a hold of all of his power and all of his deity when he came to earth, we're just spectators. We can watch what he does and say, man, that's awesome what Jesus does. It's still a great thing. Thank you for dying for me. But the fact that he sent out 12, he sent out 72, he, had, he invited Peter to walk on water, what he was doing was giving us an invitation. He was giving us an invitation not to be spectators, but giving us an invitation to be participants in his activity if we just listen to what the Father's saying. And we listen to the Father. We can now move into what he's called us to be and created us for. And, and then we can see the supernatural happen. Amen. I'm an evangelist at heart. And I love sharing Jesus. But ever since we've been on this journey, I've, been, I've, just been, I've just been waiting to see and just listening to what God is saying. When I quit the church, people were asking me, said, Kevin, what are you going to do now? And they are mostly pastors. Because pastors get nervous when you're a pastor and you quit. You know, they think you're in sin. You know, and I said, no, I'm not. I, I'm just, so what are you going to do now? I said, I'm going to watch what Jesus is doing, and I'm going to listen to what God is saying. Isn't that all, what we all should be doing? Especially if you're a pastor or a leader or a minister, you should be watching God and listening. Well, the question was, how are you going to make money? Well, I'm going to watch God, and I'm going to listen to what he says, and he's going to provide for me. I, I believe that's what he'll do. And he's faithful to that. He's been faithful to that. But when he tells me to be obedient, I step into what he's calling me to. And we've seen healing, we've seen hundreds of people healed as a result of that. And you know, as a result of seeing hundreds healed, we've seen thousands come to know Jesus. We've seen over 2,000 kids say yes to Jesus in the last six months. Because when the supernatural takes place, they're in awe. They're saying, how did that happen? There's only one explanation. See, if I was the one up here praying for everybody, then you would say, oh, here's the healer. The healer's come to town. No, you guys were praying for one another, and you received healing. Amen? So you guys aren't spectators. You're participants in the kingdom and the glory of God. You know... I'll be honest with you, I get bored in church. I do. Because as I travel, I see it, most churches, they do all the same thing. They really do. 
No offense. This was awesome. I love this experience today. Not because I was preaching, because I got to be involved in the presence of God. And thank you so much, Jason, for harboring the presence of God. Thank you so much for doing that. And we see, when that happens, when God knows he's invited, then he invites us. And then we get to do what he's created and called us for. And the supernatural takes place. Isn't that awesome? Lord Jesus, thank you for my family. Thank you so much for them being patient with me. And thank you, Heavenly Father, Lord, for the movement that's coming across here right now. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for the stirring that's happening. Thank you, Lord, for not abandoning us, for leaving us as orphans. Thank you for Holy Spirit. And thank you, Holy Spirit, for convicting us of sin and, and teaching us the things of Christ and the things of the kingdom of God. Own our hearts. Move within us. We're getting invited into something so extraordinary. There's seven and a half billion people on this planet right now. There's never been this amount of people on this planet at one time. They all drive in L.A. (laughs) Even if you would start from the very beginning when... God created man and you would count all the people who have existed up until this moment that's not even seven and a half billion people but right now you and I get to live on a planet where there's almost eight billion people on the planet at one time it might seem annoying when you're trying to get from point A to point B but I believe it's very strategic See, you could have been born at any time in history. But God had you be alive now. Because he's preparing you and preparing us for something so extraordinary. It's going to be the revival of revivals that you and I get to be participants in. One day I was uh, sitting in my office and I was complaining. You know, that's when you pray and complain at the same time. (laughs) And I heard the Lord say, "What, what do you want? Do you know what you're asking for? And I said, well, no, I just want you to fix this. He said, but I want you to know what you want because when you know what you want you'll know your identity and you'll know why I created you and you'll know what I created you for so don't just ask for stuff that you think other people have that you think you need ask for the thing that will allow you to be resourced to live out what I created you for to advance my kingdom. I'm like, okay, but I still don't know what to ask for now. He said, well, look at your hand. And I began to look at my hand. If you, if you have a hand, look at it. <laughs> Alex. Matter of fact, just look at your index finger. If you'll notice... There's no one else. If you notice, you can't really see because it's kind of dark. But there's prints on there that no one else in this room has. Matter of fact, 
There's no one else in Redlands that have the same fingerprints as you. There's no one in California that has that same, those same lines on their finger that you have. There's no one in the United States that have the same indentations and imprints that you have. There's no one on this planet, no one who's ever existed that has the same fingerprint as you. That's what the Lord is telling me. And I said, okay, what, why is that a thing? Why'd you make that a thing? He said, my son, don't you get it? I created you unique. Although there's fellowship with other people, I created you with a unique purpose and a unique design. And the reason why your fingerprint is different than everybody else's, because I'm giving all of my children an invitation to leave their own unique impression and fingerprint on the world. You guys are so awesome. Take your hand and impress it on the world and watch what changes. God bless you. You are listening to the official podcast of The Mission Redlands. For more information, visit us at themissionredlands.com.